0: Hi, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. The Sex Pistols were one of the pioneers of the music, fashion, and attitude of the punk rock movement. They were only together for about two and a half years and released just one album. But over that period, they were just as famous or infamous for their behavior as they were for their music. They didn't care what you, the music industry, or society thought about them. Led by frontman Johnny Rotten and an illiterate guitar player named Steve Jones, who stole one of his first axes from David Bowie, They took a scorched earth, double middle finger, bugger off attitude towards everything over the course of their short career. They were kicked off of two record labels banned from British television, caused dozens of fights and became the embodiment of punk rock anarchy. Then there's the tragedy of Sid Vicious, who became an icon of the nihilistic, live fast, die young attitude up until he died of a heroin overdose while out on bail for allegedly murdering his girlfriend in this episode of prisoners of rock and roll we're taking a close look at the sex pistols including the chaotic manager malcolm mclaren the fights the censorship a christmas party they threw for working class kids and that one friggin amazing album that changed music forever up everyone welcome to prisoners of rock and roll episode number 47 my name is bruce kramer and i am thrilled to be behind the mic tonight with my very good friend and co-host the one the only ryan mccusker are you rocking prisoners of rock and roll is part of the pantheon podcast network and we're sponsored by boldfoot socks and mccusker's tavern at 17th and shunk streets in philadelphia what's going on brother
1: not a whole lot bro just uh getting the end of the summer here uh hope fall is a good one in south billy usually is that all the trees turn great colors and uh looking forward to that uh what's going on with you
0: yeah man i i like the fall i think the fall might be my second favorite season i just i hate the transition from summer to fall uh you know we took an extra week off uh because of labor day and uh you know we're back we're ready to talk about the sex Pistols, man this was a again you you will tend to be the one that picks all the choices for the the shows Another great selection, man. And we talked them, you know, we talked about them a little bit in that episode we did on punk rock, the punk rock. Yeah, That
1: was a great episode.
0: And that was our first episode we did for Pantheon. Oh, well, you know, a long, right. long time ago, man, like a year, well over a year ago.
1: Well, it seems like there was a lot more go than than, than that.
0: You know? Yeah, um, yeah.
1: I love doing the show. So, you know, it, it keeps keeps going and I keep on going and
0: I, I knew their story <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. the sex, I know like the general, you know, the highlights and the high points and stuff, um, you know, the Sid Vicious and the boat, the show on the boat and all the other kind of stuff. But I, I learned a lot, man. And I, I did, I, I must have, I did a shit ton of research for this one, man. I yeah. watched that whole mini series in like three days. Yeah, that's it.
1: I thought it was, I thought it was a little played out, but if you wanted to learn the history of the sex pistols, that was it. Like that would be a great introduction to get into the sex pistols. Another- yeah. yeah.
0: It had a yeah. little they took some creative liberties with a couple things, but um,
1: it was cool, though, how they worked Chrissy Heinen.
0: Yeah, you know, well, she's really um, the one that was in it. I don't think she's really she was in their real lives at that much, but it was still it was cool. And they didn't make a big deal of who she was until the end.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, it was just more like she was there. It yeah. wasn't like it. she was there for the beginning of that.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and it was it was cool that like they had characters in there that they didn't tell you who they were. Like you yeah. saw Billy Idol in the background a couple of times, but they didn't yeah. make a big deal like, oh, that's Billy Idol. Or I think they only called Susie Sue like once they called her name. Yeah. They didn't make a big deal like that's Susie from Susie and the Banshees and yeah, all that other kind of shit.
1: Yeah, I think one of them was supposed to be Shane McAllen from the Pogues. Oh, really? Shane, Shane was um the original president of the Sex Pistols fan club. Really? Yeah, you, didn't you know. see, him? he has like this jacket on with the Union Jack all colored into it. And, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah see, I he's, totally missed He's that, really
0: man. young. He's really young. It was also interesting, too, man, how much the characters in that show looked like the original people. Like, going back to so, I, so. I after I watched that, I went and watched the um, uh, Filth and Fury, the documentary about the Sex Pistols. And I was surprised, man, at how much some of those people, like the... Um, the girl that works in the in the boutique that had like mm. the weird eye makeup and walks around like kind of topless and everything. I was like, holy shit, man. Or the um the the little person that worked in the store, like, yeah, out they were, them, like, exactly. like them.
1: For punk rock is definitely have a definition of being different. So everything is shock value, not shock value for what like Marilyn Manson does or Alice Cooper, but shock value on. We're so obscene. You're, you're going to be grossed House bias
0: yeah but i didn't get the sense that they were like trying to um like be revolting for the sake of being revolting not like some of the shock guys like that yeah that they just literally just didn't give a shit
1: they seriously didn't i mean they were like just surprised that they, people wanted to listen to them like you know like they got a record deal fast like they didn't they yeah. were they they were playing the clubs and emi signed them first right
0: yeah and that was kind of, I mean, when I put my notes together, I kind of put it together, like how they started. And then the three, the story is like that they got, you know, they were on like three record labels in like two years. They got kicked off at of two of them very quickly.
1: Yeah. Who the hell wants to be responsible for those dopey motherfuckers? Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, there were, most of them are junkies. Yeah. And uh
0: yeah, I so what, yeah. Why don't we start like at the beginning, man? I mean, we I said we touched up on this a little bit in the punk rock episode. You can go back to listen to that we talked about, you know, fifteen bands in that show. Uh, so we yeah. didn't have the time to dive into it, but um, I learned a lot about Malcolm McLaren doing this research. Like I knew who he was, but I never knew the extent of this story. And he's really like he looked at the Sex Pistols like an art project, like that. It was in that Filth and the Fury thing that he's like, I work with people the way other artists work with like clay. Yeah,
1: I I I see him as putting a boy band together yes. that's what it looked yes. like to me um he had an idea and he's like if i can take what the art is going on in the late 70s in london and put it to music it would be totally something different yeah you know malcolm was a genius dude he had originally he had a store what was it called sex
0: yeah, it was a store that did a couple different things. It was called like Let It Rock. And then they changed their name to Too Fast for Love or Too Fast for Love, Too Young to Die. And then eventually just changed it to Sex. And the um when it became the name of Sex, you know, big, bold capital letters. Started selling like ripped clothing, bondage clothes. And then um, I guess a lot of the shit that you like associate with the punk rock movement was like clothing that this dude they sold in this store. I, you know,
1: I would like to say punk rock's all about the music, but it's not it's about what you look like yes yeah. you know you, the, the more freakish you look the the better more punk rock you are that's what the sex pistols were you know yeah they they were they invented that whole bobby pin through the nose um yeah gross out spitting on the crowd you know
0: yep they
1: were so, really, you know
0: yeah so this dude ran this this shop and it's like um he somehow like he was over in New York or something for like a like a trade show and he ran into Sylvian Sylvian from the New York Dolls because he was doing his own kind of clothing shit okay. and he convinced him to be like, hey, let me he wanted to be the manager of the New York Dolls. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, oh, with Malcolm.
0: Yeah, Malcolm McLaren did.
1: Was he the was he uh for the New York Dolls?
0: Yeah, excuse me. So yeah, he Bruce. was the he was the one who convinced the New York Dolls to stop dressing in drag and start wearing all the red leather with the hammer and sickle flags. And that's when they went downhill. And they basically broke up. It ended their yeah. career because they were like, we can tolerate you being drag or being this and being that. Way. You can't be a communist, man. And uh,
1: Malcolm. Malcolm, they he was really into that. I, I don't know what his whole bag was with um, Germany and like even using a Nazi sign on art yeah. and yeah. clothing. You know, he was, he, he was a, he, like, he wanted to get a reaction out of you. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no, there's no symbol more provocative, right? Like, in, in a bad way. I mean, you see it and you're, you know, you're the holy shit. You know, what's that guy wearing that for?
1: Yeah. I know it seems like kind of overdone. Yeah. Now, like, you go down South Street, all those, you know, Zipperhead back in the day had all those clothes for this. Stuart at Malcolm have sex was the first one to start having all this stuff, but they didn't want like have an S and M feel. Right. It was, like they wanted to look more colorful, more obscene.
0: Yeah. More huh? like, like uh, not shit you wear behind closed doors. It was like shit you yeah. wear. Like you want, they wanted you to wear it. You know, you're not picking up something to be naughty with your, with your lady friend after uh their hours. Excuse me. It was stuff that you had to wear out. In, in public
1: yeah did you see in in the uh they do it in the filth and the fury also but when they talked they she had the girl that wa- worked at yeah. the like, sex store in the tv show and she came took the train w- with a raincoat on see-through and like with nothing on the nothing on underneath it yeah i mean uh and she walked to work like that you know and that's what really happened that was like for real, like they were trying to freak people out everywhere.
0: And you I mean, you got to think about too what was going on in the world. And the um the Filth and the Fury documentary was really worth checking out. It's hard to find. Yeah. It's on, um, it's, it's it's on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. But it it they talk a lot, or they have clips of like other things that are going on, you know, like Britain is unemployment is high, you know, and the, the music scene is like, you know, yes, and and all this progressive rock and this really big, elaborate. You know arena shows and all this other kind of shit is going on and and you know every yeah the hippies they're kind of you know the word the tail end of that so these guys are almost like counterculture to the counterculture i mean
1: punk was definitely to be in the middle of all music it punk was something different than rock and roll punk was something different than country punk was something different than a lot of things that were going on and sure. I think the, the for what their economy was had a lot to do with their sound with their, you know, grittiness of the band. You know, just because, you know, like they said in the Filth and the Fury, there was there was like a, a trash protest. Like the the collectors weren't coming around yeah. to pick up the trash. And they said trash was everywhere in England and up and down the street. And I I, I think that's a lot to say about what the sex pistols come from. They come from garbage. You know, they come from, they come from a place where their generation is no future for them at all. Right. Sure.
0: Yeah. So the dude is, well, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I said like, so this guy, like Malcolm and his girlfriend or his wife, they're, they're running the store and like teenagers start hanging out there all the time. And you know, two guys start hanging out and they're in a band called the strand or some, they change their name to the swankers. And, uh, you know, Steve Jones was a, he's kind of like a petty criminal. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was like he, molested as a kid. He had a rough upbringing.
1: I think Steve Jones is, is the beginning of punk rock. His whole attitude, his whole way of life, of where he comes from the idea of being aggressive, like fuck you instead of being like, Oh, I'm sorry yeah he 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 was the perfect guy to to represent england in that generation and what they did it was grittiness
0: Uh, yeah banging on the guitar yeah Um, he was illiterate you know he taught himself how to play guitar he got his guitar actually they these guys when they were in this band they started breaking into venues and they would steal they would steal gear from like bowie bob marley rod stewart oh yeah
1: they totally went into the uh, the theater and stole shit yeah. during the day. When, they, hey, they were punks, right. <laughs> you There's, know
0: they were they were punks. The mini series has them getting beat to shit by trying to steal uh, gear from Hawkwind, which was Lemmy's first band. But yeah. I said that 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 didn't happen. That was just kind of a they put that in there. But um, so yeah, these guys were hanging out in there, and they're like, hey man, we're in a band. Uh, he starts asking Malcolm McLaren for some advice and Malcolm's like hey man you should um you should get this guy who works on my store Glenn Matlock he could be your bass player who worked there part time.
1: You know everybody wants to talk about Sid Vicious but it's Glenn Matlock on those albums. Yes. You know he is a big part of that record. You know Sid Vicious came in later. But Glenn Matlock, Paul Cook was a great drummer.
0: Yeah. Glenn Matlock wrote a lot of those songs.
1: I think Glenn was the most musically trained out of all them. He like knew how to play Beatles songs. He knew how to do shit. So, you know, Steve Jones had to invent a way to play music, his own way, because he couldn't learn the guitar like the the way that you're supposed to. He can only learn guitar the way that he can feel it. You know, which is a big part of his sound. Like what chord is he playing who fucking knows but he's making this he's making this passionate aggressive sound
0: right it doesn't even it doesn't matter what chord you're playing it's just how the the emotion that it's going to invoke in people
1: he and he like invented sounds you know he he's just he practices ass off and uh eventually wrote his own songs i don't think he could play many covers like he can't play like any other songs besides the sex pistol songs because he wrote them you dig what i'm saying
0: yeah yeah no dude it's um like yeah it, he's got a style can, about him yeah yeah
1: he's his style yeah. is very very um gritty very you can hear it it's self-taught you can hear its passion.
0: Well, he was initially the singer for this band, too. And it, like they played a couple of gigs and it just it didn't go well. And they had another dude in the band named Wally Nightingale, which I, I said in the punk episode, um, doesn't that's not a very punk name. And he didn't look very <sighs> punk either. And they, you know, uh, McLaren Malcolm was like, he's got to go, man. He doesn't he doesn't look rock and roll. He's not rock and roll. Steve Jones picks up the guitar. And yeah. at some point they actually asked um Sylvian from the New York Dolls to come over and be the lead singer. And he it didn't work. And then. They just saw this dude just hanging out. Johnny Lydon was just hanging out in the store yeah. wearing a, a pink Floyd shirt with the eye hole with uh, the holes in the eyes torn out. In the words, I hate written above. Yeah.
1: It. <laughs> he was an original from the start.
0: Yeah, man. He had green hair and his shirt was all held. together, go- was torn and held together by safety pins. And they had him sing along to I'm 18 by Alice Cooper as like a as a demo, like sing along. They put it on jukebox and that's how they got him in the band. And they were yeah, like, you're they, hired. They- they
1: plagiarized it on that TV show and like, he starts singing and he's like singing crazy babbling shit. You know, the great thing about Johnny rotten, none of his lyrics rhyme. They're right. just statements, you know, but yeah, he, he jumped on the jukebox, start singing. And I think what's the manager's name? Malcolm McLaren. Yeah. Malcolm saw, saw he'll fit in fashionably. Before he thought he'll fit in musically,
0: right? You've got the look, give it a shot, and he, you know, they, yeah, he got the name Johnny Rotten because he didn't brush his teeth. You no, know, Steve, yeah, Jones he had
1: the worst and, teeth, yeah, around him right. and Shane McAllen.
0: Right, he's a he's a Brit and he's got he's got terrible teeth for a Brit. And then the band becomes the Sex Pistols, kind of after sex after the um, you know, the the name of the store and the pistols, like you know, image of his son. and yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Malcolm McLaren kept calling him my sexy young assassins. And he said, like, sex is yeah. kind of short of that. So,
1: yeah. Do you think Malcolm was the best thing that could happen for them? Or was it the worst thing that could so, happen to them?
0: I like, I don't know who's the shitbag bag of the week this week. If it's Malcolm McLaren, Sid it's- Vicious or Nancy Spungen. You know, there's, there's there's three there's three bad people because Malcolm gets in the middle. Like he pokes his head around that he pushes them kind of he pushes them a couple times in directions that I don't, they don't want to go. You know, and yeah. And he kind of, he wants them fighting with each other. Cause it's more. Yeah. It brings you know, that it to attitude. the music. Right.
1: He wanted chaos. Yeah. He, he wanted, I think that's what made that first album was that they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. You know, like they, they wanted to invent, they wanted to keep on inventing their own sound. And Malcolm wanted to keep probably keep them doing this the same thing like just do the same thing and you know johnny rotten the last thing he's going to do is sell out like right. he's not going to you know you're you know you're not going to make that dude do anything
0: at, at some point i think like glenn matlock when he leaves the band he i read something he said like malcolm was kind of turning us into more like the monkeys like a, yeah dude you know, like a tv like at some point man they become more famous for like being on tv and their antics and yeah. the music which but, is cr- which is i'm sorry go ahead
1: no no i think I don't know if this could be a, a good statement, but the Sex Pistols gave punk a, a bad name, dude. Sure, like, sure. Yeah. You know, like they were the ones that were spitting on everybody. They were the ones that were cursing, picking her nose, doing snot rockets, doing all this gross out shit. And they were encouraging everybody else to do it. That's an England thing,
0: dude. Right. You didn't hear the Ramones doing that. No, the
1: Ramones hear, were more of a militant kind of. Right. Not mil- You know, they were more of like a, a, a group, a, a
0: gang right and you like, didn't, don't I mean, don't didn't, fuck the, around you know the clash didn't do that you know the like,
1: clash were, were i think the clash come from a different society than yeah. what the sex pistols came from the sex yeah. pistols came from nothing they're not even they don't even have any talent they came from nothing and with no talent they just had they took a shot
0: and that's you know and what and what's so crazy too is they did that and as improbable as it was, right, that they're put they're kind of they're they're put together by this dude who has a vision and his art project. I want to piss people off and get like, it's such a fucking great album. You know, it it's is. just like they made one of the most important. I like the research I was doing. Somebody compared it to Nevermind, like that. Impact. Sure. And, like, and I oh, was like, absolutely. yeah, man, I could, I could absolutely see that. Like if you're that generation, oh, it's like yeah. it just changes everything
1: yes it changed everything and everybody start copying them and before you knew it punk was big and it and it was over fast
0: right yeah so so they got you know they get together and they start they start doing some gigs and i i, to, I told this story a little bit in the uh the punk episode but they they opened for a band called bazooka joe and they get in a fight with bazooka bazooka joe on on the stage because they're like they're pulling uh they're like they they want to use their own amps. And Bazooka Joe's like, no, you lose our our shit. And they were too loud and they were unplugging it. But the bass player for Bazooka Joe goes on and becomes Adam Ant. The oh, 80s, wow, the, the 80s singer. And, you know, then there, as they continue playing these small gigs, you know, Johnny Rotten would start throwing chairs and walking off the stage. And you know Steve Jones gave that famous interview with NME and he says, you know, we're not in the music, we're in the chaos. Yeah. Even though that gets attributed to Johnny Rotten. Steve Jones said it. Yeah. Steve Jones is a brilliant dude, man.
1: For an illiterate guy, he's a brilliant dude. I can relate to him a lot,
0: man. You know what, dude, was interesting too, man. Reading about Johnny Rotten. Well, you said they all come from nothing. Like Johnny Rotten was saying that, like his parents used to take in like orphans when he was little. Yeah, and so like he he came from a like. There's more depth to him as a person than I initially thought you know he's like i mean you think of johnny like i think of punk and the sneering like fuck you attitude of punk i think of either sid vicious or johnny rotten
1: and johnny rotten seems like he's a good person it's just like he hates people who sell the fuck out it's like yeah. henry rollins he's just a little bit more honest and don't give a fuck than henry rollins does henry rollins yeah. is a real, you know he wants to keep that exposure but you know johnny rotten the best thing he had in the 90s on vh1 he had his own talk talk TV show I never saw that I Dude, watched it a, I just
0: watched an episode I gave some interview he did right like he went on some British talk show talking about the documentary or the the miniseries and how he wasn't a part of it and he actually sued to have it blocked and I was like um oh well I, I you know he was very articulate and he wasn't you know it was, it was in he's in his late 60s now mid 60s you know he's older he still looks a little ridiculous but it was um I don't know man I was just I was digging his vibe just what he was saying I, yeah I dig Johnny Rotten he was um he was talking about like he raises a lot of money. His wife has Alzheimer's and he raised a lot of money to like he has a charity or there was for a charity called Spit where like the money was going to Alzheimer's and it was kind of you know it's kind of cool that it's like you know he's famous for spitting on people and his charity's got that name, but it was going to help his wife. I don't know, man. It was like a little Yeah, like I said, was, I think like, it was it was like know, sweet in a way.
1: I think that's the natural way that all those guys were. They were all sweet. Like before Sid even joined the band, he was Johnny's boy. They were yeah. friends, and you know Sid would stay at at uh, Johnny's house. His parents would take him. And This is way before yeah. they were in the Sex Pistols. This is why they were children. You know, Sid was a was a maniac from the start off, but he definitely Johnny definitely took Sid in at a young age. You know, for uh, to. Sid would have been running the street been like living in the ghetto. if It wasn't for John.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Sid and Sid's real name was John. So they had a, a That's band right. of John. They had three guys named the John. Johns. The band. Yeah. The Johns. The Johns. The, um, yeah. 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 They were, they were lifelong friends and he just started kind of going to all their shows and why wa- he was watching his boy. And suddenly was like, I want to do that. And then we'll get to that man when they, yeah, you know, yeah. they, they replaced Glenn Matlock and put a bit. So they, you know, they're playing all these bands, they're playing all these gigs and they're fighting and they're, they're spitting on people and all this other shit and then they get their record deal yeah, which they get, is they crazy. get signed to, they get signed to emi and the producer they, they got the producer who did dark side of the moon the producer guy chris thomas and he started working he said he was working on their album at the same time he was doing an album for paul mccartney he would work on one during the day and they would go to oh another studio God. at night he probably they, yeah yeah, you know, and he he did um Roxy. He produced shit from Roxy Music, which the guys from the Sex pistol really looked up to. Elton John in excess, and he produced Dark Side of the Moon. Um, and there's uh so then they under this this deal they do they record Anarchy in the U S the Anarchy in the U K and they release it as as a single. And it's just uh man what a, what a great friggin song. I love I first heard that song when I was a little <laughs> kid
1: and uh, Skid Row covered it and i was like whoa this song's yeah. unreal i didn't find out later it was a sex pistol song uh but i i knew that i know this song from a very young age it was like definitely introduction to punk when skid row played this song and i saw them do it
0: and it was it was awesome man yeah man we played uh 30 seconds of it out of the intro but here we'll i'll just pick up where we left off we'll play another 30 seconds it's such a great tune traffic line, yeah, yeah.
2: love the that
0: that he does in the background. Oh of the yeah, this is great.
1: Those little sounds. Yeah, it, yeah. That's from them not knowing what they're doing. They're just fucking amplified and
0: electric. Yeah, man. They tried so hard to get that. Uh, you know, the beginning when he goes right now, no. and he was trying to hit it. He was trying to line it up with the notes, and he was like, "I don't know fuck about meter and beats yeah. and you know measures yeah. and try to hit something." Like, just and I go. think
1: I think his singing says that all the way. Like he don't know shit about how music direction is supposed to go he just knows he's up there singing what he thinks
0: yeah he's got like a there's like a something with his voice band like the way like it pulls and pushes and it goes like it's in and annoying out and up and down it it it, it kind of is a little bit i love but it. it but it, i it's, love it. it it really really fits what they're trying it to do
1: totally he's a punk his what he sounds like is an, is the asshole kid down the street right he like the definition of a punk is a, is a little asshole.
0: Yeah, sure. You know, so that, you know, that comes out. And they, so they weren't on EMI really long. And there's kind of two incidents that happened that that uh, get, get them kicked off very quickly. And the first one was, you know, they go on the Today Show with Bill Grundy. Oh, and yeah. That's like a very famous show on London. It's live. It's live on the air. Queen was supposed to be on the show. They backed out at the last minute. Freddie Mercury had a dentist appointment. Queen was on EMI. Could you imagine sometimes.
1: those two bands together on one show?
0: I've got Holy something. Shit. I've got something later with Queen and Sid Vicious. Uh, Freddie Mercury almost kicked uh, Sid Vicious's ass. So, oh, I'm sure. So, I'm sure. Hang on. I, I, I'll jump to it real quick. Sid Vicious said they were they were recording and they could hear Queen in the next one. And he started calling him dull. And he just walked into the studio and uh, what Queen was recording. It was like, oh, have you taught everybody how to do ballet yet? Like, was kind of insulting him and freddie called him simon ferocious and said <laughs> he, gra- he grabbed him by the neck and threw him out of the out of the uh out of the studio he's like he Sid to fucking kill him i i know i know
1: sid was a street guy yeah like, oh yeah he was just a freddie was just a yeah a, a, a school kid rich, i could not rich school kid but you I, know
0: good to totally see him like oh what do you you're simon ferocious or whatever your name is get out of here just awesome yeah. But um, anyway, man, so they go on this, they go on the Today Show and the staff brings their whole entourage and, and you have like
1: 10 people up there.
0: Yeah. And they're they're allowed to have alcohol beforehand. Oh, man, that was a bad idea. Yeah. So they're getting hammered. The host is like, well, effing, I'm going to have one, too. And he gets he, a little yeah. buzz. And he's kind of an asshole during the interview. I, mean, I watched the whole yeah. the whole thing. We played it on the punk episode, but he um,
1: well, they, he was like egging them on. Like, come yeah. on, let's see the real you. Come yeah. on.
0: Yeah, and he was like referring to the band in the third person while they're sitting right there. And yeah. uh you know, at one point Susie Sue says, like, you know, I've always wanted to meet you. And uh, yeah. the guy's like, Oh, did you really? Well, let's meet afterwards, shall we? And they thought he was hitting on her. And yeah, Steve Jones just, just Steve Jones is not having it. Yeah, calls he him a like, dirty old you, man. Yeah, and,
1: he's like, You pit, he's like, You're a fucker, or whatever yeah. he says to him. And they got so much per- publicity for him saying fuck on TV on the BBC.
0: Yeah. you dirty you your dirty bastard. Remember, yeah. you
1: see that shirt that he had on though too? Is it ladies boobs?
0: And I, miss, not I even, didn't notice that.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's not even blurred out or anything. And they were like Johnny Rotten in that in that interview is brilliant. He's like on the side and just you just hear him saying shit and like really like bad shit. And then they were like, oh what was that? Oh nothing yeah next i said a bad question. word. yeah i said a next bad question. word next
0: question was like what was the bad word yeah. was like shit yeah yeah but yeah. they
1: were honest man yeah they they were their yeah, music was, was honest they were honest the movement was honest
0: yeah and it was like the first time that anybody dropped anybody british dropped the f word on the on the tv you know on for TV. Them. and for it them. was like immediately it was on like the front page of every newspaper the next day, right? The day, like the headline in the daily mirror was the filth and fury. Oh God. What a, what a, what a title. (laughs) We might have to steal
1: that for the name of our show. (laughs) I know.
0: I know. And Bill Grundy basically like ended his career. Like he got suspended. He came back and he, he was done after this for, for kind of egging him on and all this other kind of shit. And they're, they're immediately public enemy number one, man. And they Uh, fucking love it. This is the shit that Malcolm McLaren wanted, but there's also like huge blowback, you know, against them. And the staff at EMI refused to like some of the workers were like, We're not even we're not gonna package the single for anarchy in the UK. Yeah. They dude, they were
1: so offensive to they were offensive to England.
2: They were
1: like any like you know British wearing dude they were like putting down their country. It'd be it'd be like compared today of like politics yeah. of a of a, a Democrat going to a, a Republican party and just giving them the finger and shit right. like
0: that. Right. Think about like, uh, you know, nowhere near this on this level. But like remember the Dixie chicks a couple years ago came out and said they were embarrassed to be from Texas or something. Yeah. And they were like they got canceled for like.
1: For oh, yeah. Yeah. They killed their career. Yeah. They changed their name
0: yeah yeah well they right they, they changed should, their
1: name didn't yeah, they? yeah they're
0: just the chicks now more that's a better than, name that's a better yeah name. chicks yeah i have yeah. a quote i have a quote from a british politician about the sex pistols right after this they're unbelievably nauseating they're the <laughs> antithesis of humankind i would like to see somebody dig a very very large exceedingly deep hole and drop the whole bloody lot of them down it wow i love it like they're just you know everybody you know the, just the, they, the thought of the prim and proper british you know so people are sitting around drinking their tea and, it, and they went on TV looking like that and then dropping the F-bomb. It was like, you just you just didn't behave that way. Yeah. I mean, they they
1: represented a generation, a generation of bums, you know, right. and, and they're just a product of what their country made them, you know, right. Their, their country, their poverty, the country that the sex pistols grew up in, you know, and and now the, all the the proper dudes are like oh very nice and all that and they're like you're a wanka,
0: right and the media starts like i mean the media just follows them everywhere promoters start like canceling yeah. gigs because they don't want to deal with like the protesters and all this shit i mean these guys were like they got to the point like they were like they would go for a walk and people would assault them or like somebody threw a brick through malcolm mclaren's like window
1: oh god like
0: they were, were, they were that offended
1: there were the stories that the sex festivals had gigs set up and. It went from town to town. And when they would get there, they would cancel the gig, but still get paid for showing up. Yeah. So that we were like, he was like that. We did this one tour. We just showed up at the gig and they said, we're not playing tonight. And they paid us and we would leave. He's like, we did that for a, 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 a very short time.
0: Yeah. And at the end, like they started playing under the, uh, they went on tours that is called spots, which stood okay. for Sex pistols on tour secretly. Cause oh, they didn't want to okay. book. Everything is like under their name. Cause they were getting canceled like yeah. everywhere. Uh, yeah, but yeah, man. So they're they're public enemy number one. They're everywhere. I mean, it's like I, I can't even make it, Carly. Like, think about sinead O'Connor when she ripped the the picture oh, yeah. of the Pope. Yeah, you know, like the blowback. Oh, everybody. sure. It's like this time, sure. like that time's like a hundred.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, the English are very proud people.
0: Right. And eventually, proud. and eventually, and eventually, EMI is like, all right, dude, you're you're out there. There's another incident like they're at an airport and somebody like they spit on somebody. And then very quickly afterwards, they're they're out. EMI who, dumps them. Who was the record company that they signed to outside of Buckingham Palace? A and M. Well, hang on. So they get dumped from okay. EMI. Okay. And then very quickly they write a song called EMI. Yeah, EMI. It's all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a bit like, and it's Johnny Roddy immediately giving a middle finger to them. So let's let's play a little bit of that. Yeah, this play another great great tune. Oh yeah. Great example of his voice being annoying you know like it's great i love that I, song it's on my running yeah. playlist but it's just yeah, you know.
1: it's it's so annoying it's great yeah <laughs> the the sound that it all makes together it works
0: absolutely before they they leave and they so they get dumped by emi and they're looking for another label but before they do that before they sign another record label they have a really big personnel change and that's when glenn matlock is it leaves and yeah, there's he, a, there's conflicting stories on why and under what circumstances. I
1: think he was just a different kind of person than the rest of them. He's he's he like we're say like the English proper. I think Glenn was more that and he didn't fit into the band. So when he left the band they were like okay no problem. But musically they needed him.
0: But right um, right yeah like I said earlier man like he wrote so many of these songs.
1: Nobody, like everybody just thinks it's Sid. No, it's Glenn was the guy. Right. Like Glenn's the one that sweated out with the band
0: to write all those songs. I think he has co writing on all, but like two songs on that album. Oh, he's he, probably
1: still getting money.
0: I'm sure he is. And, yeah. you know, so he, you know, and they, they said that he didn't get along with Johnny Rotten and he was more in like the Beatles and the small faces. And they said he wasn't very punk. Exactly. And, and shit like that. It was just, you know, whatever man under, he didn't like the song. God Save the queen. He thought it was too much. Yeah. But he gets replaced with Sid vicious Johnny rotten's buddy. Which
1: Sid got hired because he looked like the punk.
0: Yeah. I, we said we were trading notes, you know, text messages before this week. And I was like, yeah, he's the biggest media creation in rock and roll. He,
1: he, people don't know. Sid did not even know how to tune his guitar. Right, you know, he was so untalented. He was just famous for being a mess. You ever see that picture of him with the the leather jacket and the pin that says "I'm a mess"? Yeah, and he has a hot dog and the, and the mustard's
0: all over his face. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, he he was a junkie. You know, and he gets really bad at the end. Yeah. But he's yeah, you know, he's Johnny Lydon's Johnny Rotten's boy. And he, yeah,
1: they were childhood friends.
0: And he uh, he gets the name Sid Vicious from Johnny Rotten's like hamster. his his pet hamster like bit him and and he was like oh that's that's sid vicious i think the hamster was named sid and he's like it was vicious and that's where the name comes from he played he kind of dicked around and played drums with suzy and the banshees like a little bit but oh, he really? was not. He wasn't a musician at all, and he didn't know yeah, well, shit he's... about the bass. And even there's a scene in the miniseries where there's a scene in the miniseries where he's trying to like. Yeah, you know, they're talking about the. He wants to focus on his hair, and Johnny Rotten's like, "Dude, you yeah. got to do the note." He's like, "Fuck the music! It's about my. hair. Yeah. I want to get my hair standing, looking right."
1: Like he didn't even attempt to learn how to play. When someone else would be like, all right, I'm I'm in this fucking band. I'm going to learn the songs just as good as Glenn is. I'm going I'm going to try. I'm going to put more." He Sid was a fucking junkie, not and lazy. He was just like, I'm just going to jump around with the bass and like sneer at people and spit and like cut myself on the chest. I'm, you know, he thought that was the most important part of punk, which is a big part of, you know, to be a mess if you want to be at punk rock. You know, yeah, it kind of. I have, a, I have a weird definition of punk rock, and you know, I've always I've been saying it for years and years and years. And and I guess I I call punk rock as something original, something very passionate. Like has to be total passionate and gritty. Okay, that's punk rock to me. Like you know, I'll sit there or to be a good person when this person's a shitty person. That's punk rock.
0: Okay, I don't know. I, yeah, I no, just that had, makes
1: sense. You know, like uh, the warden had a really bad tattoo right and i and i got him a new tattoo you know that's punk rock
0: definitely uh well you know johnny rotten joining the sex pistols as a super fan would be like if we let the warden on the show so yes you know i, I don't think i don't think the warden could sing like johnny no no we have to do it we'll have him sing uh alice cooper at the bar or something i'm 18 <laughs> oh my god yeah, man, it's Sid, Sid really glad Matlock said that Sid joining turned the band into kind of a cartoon. And I, I agree, man. I think this is the yeah, this this ruins this this ends. Sid, this
1: Sid was a fucking T-shirt. Yes. That's all, that's yes.
0: all that like. Uh, those dudes yep. thought of, you yep. know, yep. He was a good looking dude. He had the, you know, the the sneering all the time. And yep. Yeah. Calling him a T-shirt is a great way to sum him up.
1: He was the biggest sex pistol fan he was at every show jumping around and make making crazy mayhem in the crowd it was just obvious oh we got to put him on stage
0: yeah it's kind of weird man that's like how henry rollins gets hooked up with black flag but henry rollins you know henry Henry rollins Rollins. is not a henry rollins isn't a talented musician either but he at least put some effort into it you know total
1: yeah and Henry Rollins is not a a a hopeless junkie right right yeah he's like i don't think sid was a smart guy again i think sid was a product of his environment his mom didn't give a shit about him no you know um his mom gave him a taste of drugs real
0: early in life yeah so he joins man he gives no shit so said sometimes even the gigs he didn't even plug in either he didn't care the band didn't care or he was just so whacked out, it didn't matter. But they, but they people get were coming.
1: To, people were coming to see him,
0: right? At the yeah. end, yeah. To
1: see like no talent bastard up there. People right. were coming at the end to see this bullshit.
0: And like you said, there's, I mean, there's videos of him. You can see him. He's got like blood all over him because he's like he's on stage with a broken bottle, like carving shit into his chest and bleeding yeah, everywhere. He,
1: and then you hear in the background, Anarchy in the UK and it's Glenn Matlock playing the bass. And you're right. like, oh yeah, you know? Right. He, he was just a tool for publicity. He was hype.
0: And that's what Malcolm McLaren wanted. He was like, he looks the part, you know, he's destructive. That'll he'll be great. But they get signed to A&M and they do the ceremony where they sign the, pat, the um They signed the contract outside of Buckingham Palace to celebrate it. Brilliant. And the, you ever see that footage is yeah. fucking hysterical. Yeah. They come piling out of the uh, like big limo. limo. Yeah.
1: And they come out and they look like hell. Yeah. And they're like tap table. And Malcolm's like all like being all right. Press take the pictures, you know, and they're just fucking wasted.
0: And then there's an after party back at the AM and off A&M offices and Sid, like he smashes a toilet or something and he cuts his foot yeah. and he's walking around, and he's bleeding everywhere. And Johnny was like, yeah. Johnny Rotten starts acting like an asshole. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, there's something else. And somebody in the band's entourage threatened to kill like a good friend of the head of the record label. And okay. they get dumped. It was like less than 10 days before they get signed. They get dumped. The label had already signed, had uh, printed like 25,000 copies of God Save the Queen. And most <sighs> most of them they were, were like stuck with them. Well, they destroyed most of them. And apparently, like, oh, really? Find one now it's a big that's a big like collector's item. Oh, well. So that's and uh, I,
1: I, yeah, if you find any sex pistol like 45 from back to d- back in the day, it's like priceless.
0: What is it? They wanted to, and, and Johnny Rotten wanted to call this song like No Future, yeah, and totally. Malcolm Malcolm decides that, like, that's no, we're gonna change the we're gonna call it God Save the Queen because of the Jubilee is coming up, the Queen's uh, uh, anniversary of being in, in power, the Silver was, Jubilee is coming up.
1: Man, he was so like let's let's just take advantage of anything that's in, in the news and we're
0: going to be a part of it. Right. Yeah. So now they've been on two record labels. They haven't released an album and then Richard Branson shows up and Richard Branson signs him to, you know, Virgin records. And he's still kind of like an up and up and coming guy at this point, you know, not the zillionaire that he is now. And his label gets pissed off too. Virgin records. Like some of those employees are like, Oh man, we're not, we're not making the, we're not making the album. We, you know, we refuse to, And they have this brilliant idea like it won't get on the radio. They can't get any gigs because they pissed off everybody. They pissed off the media, the press, yeah, everybody in the the music establishment. And they come up with this great idea that they're like, all right, we got it. We know how we're going to get some publicity out of this. We're going to rent a boat and we're going to get on and we're going to sail down the Thames River right past Buckingham Palace (laughs) on the Queen's Silver Jubilee, 25 years on the throne, and they banned Play, they go past Parliament and the band plays, and then the police beat the shit out of Malcolm afterwards. When the when you know they they get a, people get arrested and the police kick the crap out of him.
1: Oh, Malcolm had a common. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean,
1: he was probably egging them on. He was probably egging the police on. Yeah, you know you don't you know Malcolm was just in the chaos and whatever he could do to get the name in the paper. That's what he would do.
0: Yeah. So I mean you think about it like a regular old chap in London, you've seen like these guys have been like f-bombing on the on the news. And now what's bigger than like the Queen's Jubilee to honor the the monarch? And they're just giving the middle finger to that too. What was the Queen Jubilee?
1: I don't even know what that is.
0: It was the it was for 25 years of her being on the throne. Okay. And this so, was what,
1: 77?
0: Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. I, I
1: just it was a celebration though that, that lasted what, like a week? Was it like a Fourth yeah. of July, like a Fourth yeah. of July kind of thing? Yeah, like a extended weekend kind of thing. I don't know.
0: It's just like a big. It's just a big deal. So they yeah, only so do it every twenty five
1: years or something like it. that. Yeah, like yeah. Her,
0: the, they just had a jubilee. Yeah, they did. That's right. And she's like, she's eternal. Oh, she's never gonna die. No, yeah, she's like ninety six now, ninety five, something like that. She's probably um, been dead for a while. They just got a wax. They just got like her. weekend at Bernies. Just kind of pump yeah. her up, but um. I don't know man. Oh, you know what dude? Let's play a little bit of God Save the Queen.
1: Yes. Here we Their go. No future. I love it. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking. I wonder if uh the, the, when he says "God save the queen," the first thing he says, I wonder if Malcolm heard that and was like "cha-ching." Sure, because you know, like if you play later in the song, he just keeps on going off on no future.
0: Yeah, and he that's what it wasn't even, to- he said. He said he wasn't even like making fun of her as a person. He's more like just the institution of having a mod, you know, monarch. Yeah, yeah. And he says just, like it made it made you a moron, like you're. Yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. but it just it just pisses off everybody. I mean, it's like just Sinead O'Connor flipping off the Pope. You know, the queen is on like that level of revered in England. And, uh, you know, shit, man, uh, 100 years ago, you would have been beheaded for, you know, fucking George or something else. Yeah. You know, like you were you were executed for that.
1: Yeah. Um, and d- d- <sighs> and what,
0: what makes it what makes it great, man, is that then the song goes to number one, but the BBC like lies and won't report that it's number one they just flat yeah. out like moved it down the down the charts and put rod stewart number one or sometimes was, they would they would play the charts and they would go like all right we just got done playing song number four song number two is, and they just skip it all together and they won't even play it
1: yeah like if you see it like written down that month or that week in the magazine it's just no, the number one slot is empty is blank yeah and then the second one was Rod Stewart, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And this is so that's, the, and yeah, now they're getting into fights everywhere and they're booking under that fake name, the uh, Sex Pistols under secret tour, under tour secretly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they're getting at one point, like Johnny Rotten, is some dude attacks him with a razor blade in the street, like just walks yeah. up to him and jumps him and stabs him. Yeah. And, they were,
1: uh, <laughs> they were you know, pissing people off left and right.
0: Yeah, man. The store, uh, the Virgin Records had a, yeah. You know, there was a Virgin Records store and they get, um, you know, a lot of, other, well, first of all, a lot of record stores wouldn't even sell the album, never mind the Bullocks. And Virgin Records actually got sued for obscenity for putting the album on display in their window. I was wondering what album had, what kind of
1: band had more obscenity at that time than they did on a record?
0: I don't know, man. I like, I should. I th- That'd be good homework. Like, what are they, some of the other, the other like, crap that's out?
1: What, what other bands were they, like pushing
0: the envelope? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like Sabbath, they're they're around, right? But they're not. Yeah. You know, I do Maybe I'll look into that as some some of my homework. So, yeah, man. I we're probably up to the point where we're going to talk about Nancy a little bit. Uh, <sighs> maybe maybe it's a good spot to take a break because this is like okay bringing up her and then their kind of end and the messiness and we, you know we can we can play some more songs you yeah, know why don't we take a break and uh, cool. we'll be right back all right stick around yeah. prisoners of rock and roll is sponsored by mccusker's tavern at 17th and shunk streets in philadelphia there's something for everyone on the list in the jukebox in mccusker's it's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. Man, I am so excited to tell you that Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by Boldfoot Socks. We're thrilled to have them on board because they're just good people who do good work while making a good product. Let me tell you why. Their motto is grown here and sewn here because Boldfoot Socks are made in America. They have a variety of styles and designs for everything from work, working out, or doing a podcast. They're a veteran-owned business and give 5% of all their proceeds to veteran charities. And I'm just down with companies who pay it forward. So Boldfoot is cool with me and they're cool with the show. And as soon as you're done listening to us, you can go over to boldfoot.com and check out all the different styles of socks they have. That's boldfoot.com. So all right, man. So they're great people, to- man. They really are, man. And we're really thrilled to have them. And it's cool to hear their other shows on the Pantheon family talking about it too. Yeah. They're, so,
1: they're, they're great to the vets. I'm
0: all about that. Yeah, man. I'm all about paying yeah. it forward. So really, yeah. really good stuff. So proud to have them as a sponsor. Totally. All right, man. So we're kind of up to, we're about to introduce the, the shit bag nancy sponging but uh yeah you, know, you just as we were taking our little commercial break we're like man, yeah so there's all these other songs on this album we got to be playing man why don't we just uh yeah let's play a little bit of them, talk about them then we can talk about that piece of shit and what she was and everything else man the song bodies yeah it's on there play that play all that right. all right and i got a, i got a couple questions about it. here you go <laughs> So that song is about a woman that had an abortion, right? And the like uh it's in the miniseries And I didn't know if this was true or this was like an embellishment, but there's like a um there's a woman who starts following the band around. And she was like a mental patient, and she was uh she was raped when she was in the mental the mental hospital. And he says like she was a woman that lived in a tree, like she would get out of the mental hospital and like run up a tree or something. And she killed the, the baby or had an abortion and she carried the fetus around in a bag. Yeah. And at some point, she's walking around like showing it to, I think he, he shows it to Malcolm McLaren's wife and he shows it to somebody in the band. Yeah. And then she kind of like, she finds a deuterative and like the one episode and she like stabs him. And I was like, I don't remember if that was true or not. I didn't look it up if that's like a, if that was just kind of like a. You,
1: you listen to the words. I mean, it's if you watch, I don't know, maybe yeah. they
0: they made it up after
1: this song. I mean, it's basically the story of that woman. Yeah. Uh, I think that. about I think about that that part a lot of that show. You know, I don't know. It was very heartbreaking. She was a great character. This ho- this homeless crazy woman
0: yeah. that fell in love with the Sex Pistols. Yeah. You know? uh, yes, it says that she was a real it was a real person that Johnny Johnny Rotten said it was a real person. I guess there's an interview where he says that yeah, she, she was real interesting
1: well i mean that's what the sex pistols that's who follows them Fuck, you know these these crazy fucking people at first before it was hit you know before yeah. it was before it was hip in the 90s to listen to punk
0: rock so i just googled like there was a real like in the scene they said like yes it was somebody came to, to his door with a plastic a clear plastic bag with a fetus in it and Here's this is Johnny Rotten. I didn't write the I didn't write it to cause a commotion. It was realism. My mom had a lot of miscarriages when she was young. And as the oldest child, I was the one that had to carry the bucket and flush it down the toilets outside. Oh, sometimes it God. took several flushes and sometimes there'd be a recognizable body parts in it. He's Fuck. fucking unbelievable. <laughs> he Fuck, has a man. way with words, right? I love him. <laughs> I can't help right myself. whether that's true or not it was just like you know I believe just it- the
1: way just the way he, who would make that up right that's so biz- like bizarre like who can make that up yeah only the truth only the truth would come through Johnny Rotten's mouth yeah you know and I think that basically what broke up the band his mouth and this woman that we're about to talk about
2: yeah
0: and that's you know that's a song about abortion. In the 70s, you know, it's like that's not a lot. It's about a mental illness and abortion. It's like, I mean, that's pretty groundbreaking for 77. Yeah. I mean, they on a record. Right. It's a a number two song on the record. For some reason, that one on Spotify that has an E next to it for explicit. But none of the other songs on here do.
1: I mean, there's a lot of language on all the songs. Yeah, right,
0: right. Fucking destroy and all that other stuff. But that one, maybe because of the subject matter. Let's play one more song, man, before we, uh, we move on. Um, Let's play No Feelings. I no like Feelings is another great song, too. Here you go. Here you're fighting, uh, fighting the cold as we're doing this. I just had to lean away from the microphone and cough. I, this should be somebody here for me to spit on listening to this. <laughs> doing, doing this like, hey, you blimey fucker, you ah. dirty bastard. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: but anyway, yeah, man, I again, this album is just I, the comparison to Nevermind is just great. And I read it somewhere and it wasn't my, my idea, but it's like uh, I could definitely hear the, the parallels between the two of them.
1: I think Nirvana was way musically better than Agreed. the suspect will yeah. ever
0: be. I agree. But the Sex yeah. Pistols are doing this first, too. Oh, yeah. Nirvana is building on
1: it. You know what it always made interesting. When I first heard Nevermind the, the first, the only Sex Pistols album, I, the production value of it really caught my eye. And I was like, how poorly I thought it sounded. You know, and then later the years go on and you find out it's the guy who made the Pink Floyd album and, and all these ELO albums and all this other shit that sound amazing. Like to like everything's like to a T like, but then the record never mind the box so gritty. And so, so like sounds like so low production.
0: Yeah. There's something, there's a story around like there's two producers on the album and like they, uh, cause they get, you know, they get dumped off of so many record labels and they are kind of like splicing shit together, like different tastes and stuff. But, um, yeah, you know, I'd imagine they still. I'm sure that the sound that it came out with. I'm sure that's by design. Hmm. Okay, like you said, man. I mean, you got like Yes and Kansas and all these progressive rock, you and know, actor- or, these. But like you know, nothing sounds like
1: Nevermind a bollocks. It's it's so gritty. Just it's amazing that I didn't figure out until later in life that they made it sound like that on purpose.
0: I'm not even yeah. smart enough till I just realized like until you just the way you just said the name, like never mind the bollocks and never mind by nirvana. Oh well. I was like shit, maybe that's where they got the idea. It could be. Mm-hmm. I you know. Could be.
1: Coincidence?
0: Learned. Right, could be. But all right man, let's talk about piece of shit scumbag Nancy Sponge.
1: If there was anyone uh, worse than Yoko Ono, it was Nancy.
0: She was the, she was the, let's just give her shit bag of the week. Shit bag
1: of the week. Shit
0: yeah, bag
1: it. of the week. <laughs> yeah, she was like
0: the Yoko Ono punk rock. um Oh yeah, she, go ahead. Yeah, so she was a, she was a hooker. She was a prostitute. She kind of, she fooled around, was like a hanger on for the New York Dolls, which is weird that that's like, there's another connection to the New York Dolls in mm-hmm. the story. She was from Philadelphia, which I thought, like, I, I didn't, I never knew that she was yeah. from Philly. And uh, she's buried in in ben Salem, which is fifteen minutes up the road from Philadelphia. Yes, um, I, I have, didn't know. I've had I, friends.
1: I've had friends over the years go to her grave. They're they're like really weird people, but they went to visit her grave.
0: If I was driving in that area, some friends live in that area. I might I might stop and check it out. The but only that's, you know.
1: reason, the only reason I would stop by there is to that's that's where Sid's mom that dumped his ashes on her grave. So, like, if Sid's anywhere, he's on that property, yeah. like right through there. So that would be the only reason I would go, not for her, because you know, Sid's
0: ashes are buried there, right? And I mean, she's she's an important part of the story of rock and roll. She's a scumbag and she contributes nothing. She contributes a- to, to
1: the music. I mean, she is a product of the music. She's yeah. just
0: this, this groupie, whore, drug addict, right? And she starts hanging around the band and she got she basically got Sid Vicious hooked on heroin you know and everyone in the band is like they're like colluding to try to get rid of her at one point they think about just like kidnapping her and just yeah. like Going driving her TV somewhere and leaving her and yeah, they, they get get all fucked up on drugs and tried just putting her on a train or a plane a plane back yeah. to new york and they all know it they're all like you know, even Johnny Rotten's like i've done every drug in the world but he's like man you do not touch heroin you just don't do it i know it'll it'll destroy you and Sid was his friend, too, man. And so he was watching his buddy, his boy from he's known from the kid become this like disaster. I don't know. I don't you know how Johnny
1: thinks. He's like, I can't turn him over. So why am I going to break his balls about it?
0: Yeah, there was a couple things but, I read with him when he said he regretted bringing him in the band. He was like, I should have told him what he was getting himself into by being in a punk rock band and moving that fast. Yeah. But. Yeah, so she was, you know, at some point, like, she's in, like, the meetings with the band, and Sid's, like, she's basically in the band, and they were, like, get the fuck out of the room, like, you're not, a- it was, like, a Yoko Ono, John Lennon kind of thing. Um, totally. Yeah, and they, they all hated her, and they uh, they rolled with that huge entourage, too of all these other people that were always around them, and they, they wanted no part of her. They all knew... Um, right away that she was bad i i saw an interview i read an interview with steve jones he said he's never felt worse about another person than the time he met her he's like she just he's like the day i met her she just had a black cloud over her head and it was like she is bad news uh and it's like some people, next, right just give off that vibe they're like, like you're she, just a, you're just bad
1: like what she had definitely mental illness she had yeah i all, think so too she had history like she had like papers like yeah. that she was in a she was in a hospital yeah, you know, you ever see the Sid and Nancy
0: movie? I didn't, and that was on my list Are you, to watch yeah. this week. I never watched it as much. as I really like Gary Oldman too. I never watched it.
1: He is awesome, the Sid Vicious. He's if anybody did Sid Vicious justice, it was him. Because Sid was in a few different versions of different movies, like versions yeah. of, but he really gives justice, man. Maybe I'll watch it's it like, tomorrow when I'm at work. It's 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 really gritty. It's really. Yeah, it's a really sad story, obviously.
0: Yeah. You know, but yeah, heroin, heroin addiction yeah. addictions no fun. And, uh, you know, and you get to see, I mean, you, everybody saw it. Like he was, you know, I said he was he was playing and not hooking in and he wasn't playing his instruments and he's just dragging everybody down. And, you know, uh,
1: but why do they keep him in the band? Because, you know, he couldn't play.
0: Never why? trust a junkie. Right. Like in the ministry song. But Yeah, really? Once I, a he well, always a junkie. I think part of it, too, is like he was like, you kind of get these two. It's in the miniseries, like Johnny Rotten keeps calling the other two, like my backing band. And oh, yeah. Sid Vicious, too, feeds into that. Like, you know, it's the two of us. People only come to watch the two of us. Or someone's of Sid Vicious, like they only come to watch me. Yeah. Like it becomes that, more about totally. Him. And Malcolm loves that, too. He's feeding into all that shit, too.
1: It's like, again, the guy couldn't even play the bass and it, like, they would unplug him. And he just would jump around on stage and people fucking love him for it
0: right even on like, the album like he like you know i said it's like glenn matlock or steve jones plays plays bass on mm-hmm. a bunch of the tracks like they're like yeah. you know he's not even on it yeah as, as iconic as he is right out of all the characters in punk rock he's like the like the villain the bad guy and it's like he's
1: i don't think he's the bad guy i think he's the um the true vision or the true uh image of what punk rock is
0: yeah that's fair i mean i mean bad guy in like uh like the villain the villain of punk rock like everybody looked at them as like the bad guys of music like the bad oh, boy yeah you know, he yeah, kind of totally. sums it up and now you totally. can go, like you go to target and buy a t-shirt with his face on it
1: yeah i mean he was sex drugs and rock and roll absolutely i mean i don't know how much rock and roll he liked but
0: you know and you know so they you know and a couple of times like he over like sid vicious overdosed a couple times and yeah you know she didn't even go and visit him in the in the hospital yeah, you know, they had this weird love affair. Like he was writing poetry about her. And it's just I, I went through this, like all the crap I watched. I went from being like really angry to like I was like, he's really pathetic. Like just watching. He was pathetic. Yeah, I it was like, I went from like pity to just like, do you just a, you're just a scumbag? Like I have no I have no respect for him on any angle in, in this story. In no way do I think Sid was a bad guy. I, I think, just you, think I think when you I, said he was a moron, I think I think that's what I think he just was too stupid, didn't know any better.
1: Exactly. He was, look, you know, and what do they do? They bring him to America. They did when they yeah. did the, what a mess that was. Did, did you add? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I got yeah. some stuff on that. So they cool. yeah, so summer of 77, Malcolm McLaren's got this great idea. We're going to send you on tour into the US and he purposely books them in play. He doesn't put book them in like New York and L.A. Cause that's like, that's too much. He sends them to like, into the Bible belt where people like, you're going to go to Atlanta. You're going to go to Memphis. They go to San Antonio, Cleveland, cause they want the cow. He wants the Cowboys and the, the people the the preachers to protest. He wants all of that shit going on around them. I always and- wondered why they did
1: that. Like, why didn't they hit New York, California and all that places when that American tour
0: Cause so, Malcolm, Malcolm wanted, wanted dude, I think wanted he wanted press. all of the, he wanted the, the fights and the, you know, like uh, it's something. And I think it's in the documentary when they're, they're playing in like Texas and he's like, you, one of the Johnny Brown like, you cowboy motherfuckers. Yeah. Man, a fight you <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you cowboy hat wearing pig fucker or something. And it's just like, yeah, man. Like he, Malcolm was just setting them up. I think totally the most war.
1: opposite people that you could possibly do is go to a bunch of cowboys. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to play our punk rock, almost pansy dressing in this, you know, cowboy setting. Right. No way. No way.
0: Right. So they get in all this big, you know, they're playing all these venues, these tiny places. And Johnny Rotten is getting increasingly pissed off with Malcolm because, you know, he changed the name to the God Save the Queen. And he's putting him in all this crap. And, uh, you know, they're traveling by bus. Couple of the other guys are start like they travel by plane, and Johnny Rotten and Sid are just driving around on the bus. And Johnny Rotten got the flu, and Sid Vicious is high on heroin. And their last gig was at Winterland, which is just like it's so weird because that's like San Francisco, right? It's like yeah. the like the hippie ground zero for the hippie movement, and then the Sex Pistols roll in. I know we're way later in the you know, yeah the Hate Ashbury is long gone, but it's still like yeah. it's just funny. The Hangar runners are still there, and they just yeah. come through and yeah. And by that point, they, they know they're done. Like they end with Johnny Rotten. They cover no fun by the stooges and Johnny rotten just ends. He ends it by going, you ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Yeah. Like he says to the crowd, I think he felt cheated. Yeah. You know,
1: I think, I don't know, but he, like we said, Nancy brought the band down like yeah. more than any other person could do in that band. Yeah. Like, why couldn't he just let go of Sid? like you know like like just let him go like yeah you know I don't know I've had friends that are so bad off I had to let them go
0: right you're just a you're a drag you're just you know you're not going to be the anchor and drag me down Johnny
1: kept true to Sid for some reason like the the most untalented guy in the
2: band
0: there's video of him saying that hang on let me try this on YouTube is Johnny Rotten just saying at the end
2: (laughs) ah ha ha And I get the feeling you've been
0: cheated, good night. Yeah, he comes in like, you're going to get one song and one song only. And he kind of laughs, but he's also he's saying, you know, he's been cheated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's bitching about the whole. Oh,
1: yeah. I from day one, he seemed like he went head to head with Malcolm. Like because Malcolm wanted to control him.
0: Right, and I mean, he went head to head with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, somebody trying to exert control of, him. like you said before, he just he's just not down with anybody telling him what to do. He's still like that. Uh, that's
1: what I love about
0: him. So then Johnny Rotten either says I go or Malcolm goes, and Steve Jones goes back to Malcolm and rats him out, and the van the band votes to get rid of him. Whatever the it ends, and he's out. And mm. but the band tries to keep going, and they were going to go to um. Right after the Winterland gig, they were all supposed to go to Brazil and they were supposed to sing a song with a guy named Ronnie Biggs on vocals, who was like, he was a train robber who was like living in Brazil, and they were gonna have him come like this. He's like, oh, he's gonna join the band and sing this song, and Johnny Rotten was like, the fuck he is. Like, I sing. Hey, we're not getting some like, yeah, some. We're not getting another dude who doesn't know shit about music to do this. Yeah, and then they try doing a couple you know sid vicious covers a does a couple couple recordings
1: he does a great Uh, version of my way
0: yeah man well uh, we could play absolutely we can play that yeah
1: play play that (laughs) no i'd say you have to play the beginning because it's so awful Like the cowardly lion.
0: Face, the final
1: <laughs> Did I get you on that one? Yeah, he <laughs> does.
0: They're like, hey, you
2: guys.
1: Did they want to make Sid the lead singer after yeah. Johnny?
0: Yeah. His video, too. He's in a white, like you know, like a lounge oh, yeah. jacket, and then he starts shooting everybody in the audience. And this is the
1: end of Goodfellas, yeah. It, it comes in, and
0: yeah, yeah, this part. It's a cool you know, song. I mean, it's, I know. think,
1: I think if Sid didn't die and didn't kill, didn't kill, uh, Nancy, you, you know, he could have been, um, an Iggy pop on his, maybe.
0: Own. Yeah. Maybe they would have continued. I don't know, but, oh, so we should probably talk about, yeah, Nancy and Nancy's oh, yeah. end. So, um, we kind of, we never know what happened. Right. So they, they cut, they're staying at the Chelsea hotel, which is like a shithole in New York. And, uh, like Janis Joplin stayed there and a bunch of other people. And Sid Vicious just wakes up after getting all all high and finds her dead in the bathroom. She's been stabbed in the stomach and he has no recollection of what happened. But he was arrested and charged with her murder. He gets out on bail. And when he's out on bail, he dies of a heroin overdose and he's 21 years old.
1: Yeah. Did you see that footage of the interview of him? And they were like, where do you wish you were right now? And he goes underground.
0: Yeah. And it wasn't very long after
1: that he died.
2: Yeah.
0: He says like, I don't want to be a junkie forever. I don't even want to be a junkie right now. Yeah. And, it's, yeah, and again, that's when I I felt like pathetic. I was like, he's just pathetic. I, I don't have a lot of emotion for people that are heroin addicts. So
1: no, I mean, you choose, you choose your, your life. Right. Dude, everybody could sit around and do drugs all day long. Right. I, I become part of society.
0: I go right. out and I can't, I, you know, give,
1: you know, we, I have my business, you know,
0: I say this about Alison change a lot. Like Lane Stanley's heroin addiction is what made their music so dark, which is what made them such a great band. And Sid vicious became so infamous partially because he was, because he didn't play the instrument and he was a, you know, carving himself up and was abusive and a shitbag and the, the murder. Yeah. Fucking murderer.
1: He was just a horrible person. Like when he was on drugs, they said he, they said he was a very sweet, very nice guy underneath the junkie. You know, uh, I believe it was an accident. Of I think they were like fighting over drugs or who knows. Couples just fight. And he had the, like the. it was a small knife. It wasn't like this butcher knife. It was right. like a small knife, like a pocket knife. And it was only one incision. It wasn't like he stabbed her over and over and over again. It was like one poke in the right place, and she bled out. And you know, they were probably she. He was probably holding it, and she ran into it. That's what I always thought. Like, that's what I always thought. In in the movie, uh, Sid and Nancy. That's I remember. That's how they kind of explain it. Like, it wasn't Sid, like, killing her. He was just, he was like, I'm going to cut you with this and everything. And she fucking comes running at him and he just accidentally cuts, you know. her. Yeah. Huh.
0: I'll definitely have to watch that. Do you think that they would, would they be as popular? Like, had he not, had he never joined the band, would they be as, like, legendary as they are now?
1: I don't know, dude. I, I really don't know. I mean, like I said, Sid is the face of punk
0: rock. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't uh, yeah. I don't know either, man. People like, will they, say they
1: started playing bass because
0: of Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I think they would have. I think they were on a on a you know, they were doing enough shit and getting enough attention that they didn't need a they didn't need to add a heroin junkie to it to make it all go kablooey and no, flamed out. But you know, the, the it, shortness of their career is also part of the story. How how long did they last? It was like two and a half years. Their first uh their first you know go around. Kind her first gig to right, right till there right. till they broke up. You know they they reunited like in the two thousands and did. I wish on. I
1: I had a chance to go see that in New York City.
0: Yeah, I wish I did I too. Had, I had to work that night. My buddy was like, "Oh,
1: let's go! I have a ticket for you. Let's go!" I regret to this day not going to that, dude. Yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah, man. So they kind of you know they all they kind of all go their their separate ways. You know, even the impact that they had on other bands, and like we talked about this in, again in the punk episode, you know, like the Buzzcocks, the guys in the Buzzcocks saw them and were like, holy shit, we're going to start a band. Joe Strummer saw them. It was yeah. blown away. The Damned started working for them. The guys in Joy Division saw them. Morrissey saw them in concert. And were like, All these guys were like, I want to be in music after seeing these guys.
1: Because they were just a bunch of ordinary guys making music right. their own way. Right. Anybody could do it. Anybody could do it, dude. if yeah. you if you have passion, you can make music. sure. If you, you know you just make a sound just like Steve Jones did. He didn't know what kind of chords he was he was playing. Yeah, he just knew he invented a sound for himself.
0: One thing that was interesting with Sid vicious, too is like everybody started dressing like him when he became yeah. a punk. So it was like the counterculture. I'm part of this movement that supports being an individual. We're all going to dress like we have a uniform yeah. now. We're all going to dress like this dude. That was my jacket. always.
1: That was my problem. in And in, even in the 90s, like you had if you were punk rock, you had to let everybody know.
0: Yeah. And I think that's Johnny Rotten's issue with it now. He's like, you know, all these other bands that came after us, you know, he's trashing the green but days I, of the world and shit. But, he's like, yeah, you know, they're they're all they're all came after me. And it's already been done.
1: But, you know, like. It's like Steve Jones to me is like the the driving point of that band like we say oh if Sid didn't join the band like what would have happened? yeah I mean John you know he would have he would have took charge of it and who knows what would have happened he Steve wanted to keep going but then he became a fucking junkie
0: Steve Jones did yeah oh I didn't oh, know yeah. that
1: yeah it, did, did you watch the end of that series
0: yeah I did I I I had it on while I was like while I was working. I had it playing in my uh like on my laptop next to I, me. I believe it
1: was the end of thing and him trying heroin and then it was like took over hmm. kind
0: of thing. But and he still makes music. He's still around. He's great, dude. He is punk rock, you know? He I've is some, punk rock. Yeah, and I've got some other shit that he did, man. So he was in a band uh called the neurotic outsiders. With Matt Sorum and Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses and John Taylor from Duran Duran. Always trying to figure out the name of that band. What were they called? The Neurotic Outsiders. Uh, Billy Idol was in this band for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I've got something from them. I I put some of the, here's a song called Nasty Ho. Okay, I was you know I I didn't hate it.
1: I thought it was Duff okay. Ma-
0: Duff um, McKagan,
1: Duff McKagan, man, I think he was like the biggest uh influence on punk rock to me. He introduced a lot of punk rock to me. Okay, Duff McKagan. Um, even the songs that he does in Guns and Roses, his bass lines. Yeah, you know okay. he's very punk. Was, I, and, I'm not, and him working with Steve Jones was probably amazing because nobody was a bigger Sex Pistols guy than Duff McKagan. Yeah. And to this day, Duff wears the chain around his neck with the lock like Sid that. Yeah. Like he, he, was carrying, he was carrying the flag for punk rock into mainstream. Hmm.
0: He also did like a solo album that I I never listened to, but it said like Axel was on it. Does it fire and gasoline? Nicki he had a few on different it.
1: He had a, t- a few different ones. I had the original one and it wasn't that good. No. What What he did was he played every instrument on the album. Uh okay. So, yeah. I mean, him playing with other musicians that are like credible. That would be fucking awesome.
0: Yeah. He was in another band briefly called the professionals that I listened to. Um, I'll play a little bit. Of that. This is called little boys in blue. I was kind of digging this. I was digging the I love Duff. I I like the guitar, the guitar yeah. work on that. It was cool. But what what was the name of that? That was a band called The Professionals. Duff wasn't had... in that one. It was like a whole other okay. project that Steve Jones was in. But okay. you know, he, he bounced around, and did a bunch of other shit. Um, you know, Glenn Matlock was in another band called The Rich Kids. Um uh, you
1: know, when the Sex Pistols got together for that reunion thing, Glenn Matlock
0: came back and played bass yes. for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just to add that to the conversation.
0: Yeah, and I guess the guy that had the biggest the biggest career outside of the Sex Pistols was Johnny Rotten and and Pill, you know, public and public edit I, limited. Yeah, I remember them. I, I, remember,
1: never, I remember I remember being on them. I just remember being on like 120 minutes yeah. on MTV. It's, and so, I, and it's so Johnny different. was like first time I saw Johnny Rotten was like, Who's this guy? Yeah. He's so why is his eyes? Know. His eyes are like the craziest things. Yeah. He has like he has this like condition that he's like the pep. pep, 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 pep all the time. Like Ridley wouldn't do shit for him, probably. If you ever look at those pictures of him, his eyes are always wide open. Wide and open. They, they're, and they're wide. dilated. Yeah. yeah. And that's his natural look.
0: Okay. I got a song I put it on the playlist too, Rise by a Public Enemy, Public Image Limited. It's so different sounding than a sex pistol song.
1: Be wrong. I could could be wrong. yeah it you know, doesn't it doesn't really do anything for me but i'll it's you know. totally different for johnny rotten
0: he's talking about going back on the road again with the band now the covid's almost over Yeah, you know, whatever um
1: wasn't it remember- crazy in that bill and fury movie when they were interview, like they were only silhouetting interviewing john it Ron. was weird all of them and but then he was like you could see him crying talking about sid vicious
0: yeah he felt he felt i don't know he felt some regret of just bringing him into the band
1: he probably he probably i don't know sid was such a junkie before he joined the sex yeah. pistols
0: who yeah. knows what would happen he was just a famous junkie did you ever listen to any of Malcolm McLaren's other stuff? Like he put out some solo albums. No. Okay. And, and there's a reason why you never have. And <laughs> we can put this on the list for electric chair. This is really bad. And so this is probably not what you're going to expect. But this is a song called Buffalo Gals. <laughs> well, that scratch is making me itch. That's like, the. Sh- that's the kind of shit that Malcolm McLaren was making. He made like wow. hip hop weird. I mean, I guess I kind of get it, right? Because he was like this weird avant-garde kind of cutting edge. I'm um, doing shit differently. But I was like, that sucks. No Hell good. Yeah. No yeah. good. No good, man. Let's wipe that out of our out of our tasters. anything else? Any other songs off of Anarchy? You want yeah, to uh,
1: play uh, holiday uh, in the sun?
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Here. another great, great song. song yeah
1: i mean i remember the first time i heard nevermind the bollocks it was me to meet my famous story of my first punk rock tape that my friend made me in high school one side was the first ramones album and the second side was nevermind the bollocks no right on and from right at the first beginning of it i was like whoa like i knew i knew who they were and but they really got my attention. I was a, a punk rock fan way before in high school, before green day came out. And when green day came out I was like, this is not punk rock.
0: No, I agree. You know? I'm not a, I'm not a fan of green day.
1: I like the later. I like that American idiot album. I think that's brilliant, but what they did for punk rock was made it mall. Like the yeah. mall,
0: Right. But what you just said with this, like this is a band that when you hear it, you're like, Whoa, what is this? Like, like yeah. never, I know you're not a big fan of nevermind, but, A lot. of people. I I am.
1: I am. I just didn't grow up worshiping it.
0: Just a lot of people our age heard that. And that was like, what is this? It's just so totally. And and this album was like the same thing. Just way, you know, like, holy shit. Yeah. Maybe one last point on them, too. You know, so the four original guys and Sid, they get inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they, you know, they famously refused to. And that's uh, punk rock. Yeah.
1: That's my definition of punk rock. Yeah. Not showing up for your own induction to they they call the rock
0: and roll hall of fame, a piss stain. And they say we're not your monkey. They said, well, we're going to pay $25,000 for a table. You know, good luck. That is punk rock. My, I
1: tried to explain it earlier. That's the definition of punk rock. What they, what they did.
0: You know, what else is also really punk rock. And it was, um, it's at the end of the filth and fury is the, concert the last concert they do in the uk is a charity gig for children yeah what a great moment yeah so they like a group of firefighters and like minors go on strike and the band decides to do kind of like a free show for their kids and they like they come in with a big cake that says sex pistols on it and they're handing the cake out at one point like the band's like they're shoving their faces in the cake and they're like um Uh, they're playing like the kids yeah they brought like t-shirts for the kids and they judged like a dance contest and then they played. they played for them and they said oh, they yeah. played and the kids were like singing along with all the vulgarity and all the, the bad language and they're like, you know. But look what the they were to, doing. Right. They're like, Ooh. the parents don't care.
1: You didn't see fucking Rod Stewart doing anything. You didn't see like Mick Jagger fucking do anything. Right. Like, you got these scumbags, right? And everybody thinks they're scumbags, but they're the only ones that
0: cared about those kids. Right. And that's punk. Right? Doing that That's that, fucking punk rock. That's dude. punk as hell. Like those guys coming in, like we don't care. Even they said when they re when they um Reunited, they offered to go over to Iraq, but they were like, "We're not playing for the soldiers. We're going to play for the people in Iraq. Like, we, want, we want to bring <laughs> some, hear like, that. We want to bring some music to like those people. Maybe they need some rock and roll." And it never, well, you know, it, it never went anywhere. That's a ballsy yeah. statement, bro. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, yeah, you know, that hard. Well, they're not American. They're not Americans, so, right? But I also yeah. don't think like hardcore Muslim fundamentalists are going to be down with the Sex Pistols. But anyway, yeah. but it was still like, still, still a shot. But the the con- the Christmas concert for the kids was really cool. There's a whole lot. Um, the BBC just did like a documentary about that a couple of years ago. It's called "Like Christmas with the Sex Pistols." To look. For and that. it had a little. Uh, it's on YouTube. That's my favorite. Ba- that's my favorite moment of the Sex
1: Pistols' history was when they played for those kids. They played with the kids, right? Because yeah. you know, with the whole they time said we were- Sid,
0: They said Sid was
1: awesome with those kids all day long, and they're, they, those kids came from the same street as they did.
0: Right, and we've yeah you know, we've been talking the whole two hours about drugs and stabbing and spitting on people and fights and all this other shit. And then, you know, just to bring it back that they they did this kind of this really sweet thing for kids that whose parents were out of work, you know, over the holidays, kind of they were on strike, too. So they're kind of like sticking up for like working band working people. And that's what they were. They, they but were that's uh,
1: what they were. You know, they hated the rich. They yeah. You know, they hated the the, uh, the the phonies that that watched the BBC all night, you know, it was tea, drinking, pinky out, motherfuckers.
0: Yep. Yeah, really cool Let's moment. Let's
1: hear another, uh, another uh, song from Nevermind the Bollocks.
0: Sure, what do you want?
1: Have that pretty vacant.
0: Great song. Is that it on the Sex Pistols?
1: I can't. I don't know. I just hope, like every week, I do. I I really try to give these topics justice.
0: I thought you were fine, man. I this yeah, is man. a this is a really interesting story. Yeah, but in rock people, and roll, and I I love that most about doing the show is finding these stories. And you know it's just- like I can't tell you about punk rock. My heart, ha-
1: my heart can show you on the drums what punk rock is. But like to explain it, punk rock's inside of you. You know, sure. punk rock's inside of you. It's not the way that you dress. None of that shit. Punk rock was inside of you.
0: Again, it's it's a really interesting story. But I love that just sitting on top of that in the way that they flamed out so fast and they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Was that They just made an awesome album. Maybe Malcolm was
1: the best thing for them and the worst thing for them. Would they have made it without Malcolm?
0: Like would you they said, even
1: Would they even met each other if it wasn't for Malcolm?
0: Probably not. Those two guys would have been tooling around. They would have stuck with Wally Nightingale and stealing yeah. guitars and probably not going anywhere. And like you said before, man, you, with the Ramones, like those guys just those four guys just were destined to be together. And, and the, they were in the right place at the right time. And that's kind of what these guys like, you know, the, yeah, the universe opens up and right. people find each other. And, and magic happens. Johnny Loudon doesn't walk into
1: that store that day. It, it, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny Loudon was so shy to start singing. And imagine if he just like walked away. Never mind, And just walked right. away.
0: Or if he had brushed his fucking teeth a little bit more, maybe that wouldn't, or his hair wasn't green or he had a different t-shirt on that day. You know, like all those little, yeah, those little, I hate, just, I hate Pink boy yeah. t-shirt. All that shit just kind of led to where it is. And that's like, he was just a dude who just happened to be in a store at a time. And became but a musician, think, and he's been doing it for 40 years now.
1: But I, I think Malcolm saw what he stood for, and he's like, I could manufacture that. I put that out. You know, fuck yes. everybody. I yes. could sell. I could sell. Fuck everybody.
0: Yes. Like, That's what like Malcolm's. When, when Steve Jones said that Nancy Spungin just had this cloud over her, like Malcolm obviously saw something in Johnny Lydon, was like, this guy is what we need.
1: Yeah, I mean he's the definition of what punk is. He, you know, read if you want our listeners, go watch the filth and the fury on YouTube, or you can check out uh the mini-series that was on Hulu.
0: Yeah, it was on Disney Plus and now it's on Hulu. It was um it was, it was based, it was on Disney Plus.
1: You're kidding me.
0: I swear to god, it it was originally on Disney Plus and now it's on Hulu.
1: That is fucking
0: bizarre mickey mouse put out the pistol yep show oh yep and uh it's largely based on steve jones's book that he wrote
1: does he have a book yeah oh i'm gonna
0: go have you ever read it i have it now it's on my my growing list of shit that i need to read i'm gonna i'm gonna put that on my list yeah steve Jones book I, we we do so much of this stuff and i'm like oh i need to look into this and i need to, look, I need to learn more about that and then I'm. but it's also like, to i, the I gotta topic. right i gotta move on to the next topic and then you know we're we're very ambitious sometimes with some of the stuff we want to cover yeah you know, what i was saying like we should do the uh the songs that led zeppelin ripped off i'm like i, I think that, that's an awesome idea that would be that's a that's probably going to be some work i think it'd be great I think it'd be awesome. We'll be playing all kinds of shit that nobody's ever, like we've never talked. Like I'll, I would learn a lot, like kind of like the blues episode. Oh yeah. Like,
1: I bet, I bet you could look up easily. Sure. What those songs are.
0: Right. But it's not something I could sit down and talk about off the top of my head. Right. No, so no. But it's all, it's all, I think it would be an awesome topic.
1: I would love to do a jazz episode.
0: I would too. And it's another yeah, one that would require you know, some work. But
1: that takes probably at least a month of, of research or just to put it together. Yeah. That'd be all right.
0: fun. Yeah. We got some work to do. Um, second thoughts. All right. I got, I got two things on second thoughts. So first I said in our Woodstock episode that the event happened during the summer of love and it's not true. The summer of love was in 67 Woodstock was in 69. So to all of you who emailed me saying, I don't know what I'm talking about. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Um, I also have some info on the naked guy holding the sheep and who he was. I said, my homework was, I was going to find out who that was. I found it. I found it, but I'm going to save it for another episode because I want to get into this email. we got from our new friend Lucas in Florida this is fucking awesome so Lucas sent us an email and he said hello gents I'm new to the podcast after a friend raved about the big four rush and electric chair episodes which I've been enjoying at some point during the pandemic me and some of my buddies did a worst songs of all time tournament similar to the NCAA bracket we made a list of about 50 to 100 songs and then we drafted them to fill out the bracket of 64 we went through the whole bracket debating which songs were worse and we'll move on to the next round Uh, Since there were three of us, you had to have at least two thirds of the votes to advance a song. Whoever was the lone vote would have a chance to try to convince one of the majority votes to switch. The bracket was rock focused and not broad as you guys did on the electric chair episode, but it was really fun. And I thought you might appreciate the idea and the outcome. The final four, Urgent by Foreigner, Higher by Creed, November Rain by Guns N' Roses, and The Sound of Silence by Disturbed and Urgent by Foreigner beat November Rain in the final. Anyway, Uh keep up the great work. I'll keep listening. P.S. The funniest part of the Rush episodes when you guys all pretty much came around on Rush, but then agreed at the ending that yes, still sucks. I don't know why, but that (laughs) made me really laugh. So, (laughs) and then he sent us the whole bracket. Huge shout out to Lucas, Ken, and Joe for sending this bracket, dude. I I wrote back. I was like, dude, this is hysterical. Some of the songs. There's some songs on there that um, on the field of 64 that we haven't gotten to yet. And there's some also. There's some really bad. I I think I sent it to you. There's some really bad
1: songs. Lucas, thanks for listening, brother.
0: Yeah, man. I said I mailed him some stickers. He said he'd be happy to put one on his beer fridge. Yeah, Um, man. And uh, you know what, man? The electric chair. Maybe we'll pick there. We'll send urgent by foreigner. We'll let their pick be the one. Yeah. Why don't we do that? So the electric chair. The electric chair is a is a segment every time where we do we kill a song. And in honor of Lucas Ken, and Joe doing all that work of sending us that bracket. We're gonna kill Urgent by Farner. Since that was the song that won their field of 64. Then I was like, oh, this is a good pick. Man. Yeah, I've seen Farner. Totally. I've seen Farner way more times than I really like, Yeah, I've never oh I've never seen him. I've only seen them like I saw him open for White Snake. I saw him open for poison, I think.
1: Let me hear this. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like them. I think I like Boston better. So lame. <laughs> oh,
0: this is the stuff that, like, Johnny Rotten was writing. About. Writing, yeah. right, the shit that they were trash can, like, Kansas and all this, like, crappy, crappy He was stuff. right. He was right yeah. there. In honor of those guys doing all this work and doing this awesome guild of 64, we're going to kill this song. We sentence you to death. Right on, guys. Thanks again for sending that to us. The bracket was hilarious, dude. Yeah. Some of the songs that they had on there, I was very
1: inventive, man. Very inventive, very imaginative.
0: There's a handful of songs that we already killed, and then there's a bunch of stuff that I was like, "Oh shit, we didn't get that. We didn't get that. We didn't." And I don't, I don't want to start reading it because I actually want to. There's some really good ideas on here Cool. Those uh, some terrible songs. So, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, man, really, really cool. Right on. Um, Did you
1: before we go any further, Bruce? Yeah. Uh, I know you're away on your. Weekend, Labor Day weekend, but did you catch any of the Tara
0: Hawkins concert? I haven't, and that was the music news that I have. Um, okay, I haven't, wa- I haven't watched it yet. Okay, did you? Did you? I saw you guys, I watched a it, little uh, bit of it. I saw you guys were playing the replay in the bar. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't working that night, but let's talk about it. Yeah, man. So, uh, about 75,000 people filled the legendary Wembley Stadium for a six hour concert to honor. Foo Fighters drummer, Taylor Hawkins. Uh, it was the first Foo Fighters performance since he died in March. And there's a, I mean, the list of people that showed up. I, I don't want to run through the whole thing because we could do a whole friggin episode, episode just, on just it. on this and play highlights clips and stuff. Yeah.
1: The little parts that I've seen. Wolfgang Van Halen ripped the fuck out of hot for teacher, dude. He came out and played his father like to a T. Yeah.
0: And he's so, never and done that he, before. He's always the, not wanted. He's one like, I he wanted didn't never want to
1: imitate his brother, his father. Yeah. He was just like, no, oh, no, I'm not going to imitate my father. But he did it for them. Yeah. You know, hot for teacher. It was fucking great. It was it was awesome. And the second very inspiring part of the show was when Taylor Hawkins son came up and played that. What's that song called? You're my hero. My hero. Yeah. Shane
0: Hawkins played drums. With, he with the fucking full
1: killed it, man. It, it made me like inspired to go out and. Go out and tour again, man.
0: <laughs> I read, you know, I read some of the other stuff, like uh, Dave Grohl's daughter, who she's really talented too. I've seen her. Oh, she, she sang um, "Last Goodbye" by Jeff Buckley yeah, and yeah. Uh, "Grace" by Jeff. I really like Jeff Buckley. Brian Johnson and Lars Ulrich played together. I, I missed a lot of it because I turned it off because it was all Taylor Hawking's
1: first band, like all his bands were playing, and then I turned it off to watch the Fish concert. And then all this awesome shit happened. So I I miss majority of
0: it. It's all it's all on YouTube. I'm sure. Like, it's uh,
1: everything's blocked out already
0: on it. Oh, I'm trying it? to get
1: I'm trying to get my buddy to download it for my uh, hard drive for my TV.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we can find it. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the really really long list. You know, Paul McCartney and Queen and Rush and the Pretenders, Stuart Copeland from the Police. It really, from what I was reading, man, it made it really reminded me of the Freddie Mercury tribute yes. at Wembley and the energy yeah. that was around that.
2: And you know, we talked yeah. about Taylor
0: Hawkins a little bit. We were on, we did a spot on the podcast, the itch uh, rock radio. Where we just kind of talked a whole bunch of podcasts. They asked us all to kind of come together and record something on our, our thought on uh, Taylor Hawkins. And, you know, man, we should, we should reach out to the blue Mini and ask him. If he wants to come on, maybe share. his. Yeah. He, he do an episode went, on it.
1: Yeah. The blue mini went to England and went to Wembley stadium to see the concert. I haven't talked to him yet about it, but, uh, Man, I would love. Did you hear what happened to him with Ticketmaster? Yeah. Did to him?
0: I put this on our on our social media page where they like they canceled. They're like, "There's an ir- irregularity with your tickets," and they just canceled them. Yeah. And he, you know, he was really. It's like the, from the day they announced this, you know, the professional wrestler, the Blue Meanie from WWE, he's a friend. Yeah, he's a friend of the show. He was like from the day they announced this, he was like, oh, "We're going." And I remember him like bragging, like, "Holy shit, I got tickets!" And he was waiting in the, you know, the yeah the long ass queue and yeah and. It's he said powder. he and they just they just said, like, sorry, you're out. And I put it on our Twitter and I was like, does anybody anybody else heard about this? And a couple of the people were like, yeah, I know some uh, it happened to multiple people. He said he got a, re- and they got, he got his tickets reinstated. Yeah. He said they gave him a reason, but he didn't I didn't ask him what it was. My, I'll my get thought it out was, of him. My thought I'm was, sure he fucking went nuts. Yeah, I'm sure I, I would. I thought, would. My thought would be they thought you were a scammer because you're you bought tickets from another country. But. Give you an explanation, you know, like something, something, yeah, something went awry, and thankfully, I'd he never heard Ticketmaster
1: taking tickets back.
0: I had neither. I not even hate them, and not even I like Ticketmaster, not even <sighs> like. Can you confirm it? Can you do that? Yeah, I was just like, sorry, you're out.
1: Oh, they ever did that to me with anything? I'm getting them on the phone. That person on the other end's gonna get it. <laughs> I want to talk about Wolfgang. He because the blooming is a
0: huge Van Halen fan. Yes, yes, and I'm is. sure.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure Brian teared up a little bit.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Dave Grohl was tearing up several times. I so. think they were emotional
1: mess through that whole
0: night. I'm sure
1: they like they probably all were so fucking exhausted the next day from crying all day and like rocking
0: all day. It did. I, have to, I have to see the rest of it because yeah. I, I
1: feel like I missed something. But they're doing it again, right?
0: Yeah, there's an LA show coming up in like a week or two, something like that. Hopefully that will be on TV, on the YouTube also. Yeah. I'll have to see that. And Dave Grohl played most of the six hours. You know, he played with all these other bands. And, yeah. You know, yeah, Like I just, said,
1: I only caught the beginning of it when they were playing all Taylor Hawkins' original bands. That's the only part I caught. And I, I feel like I missed something.
0: I'll look around and see if I can find it too. And if I if I find it, man, I'll just I'll try to download it for you. I'll see. I'll keep my eyes open. Cool. I'll get my investigative team on it. All right, man. So I think that is a wrap on episode 47. If you want some yeah. more Prisoners of Rock and Roll, you can follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Tell somebody about us. You know, we lo- we love that you're here and we'd love that your friends to be here. You can always reach out to us with a comment. You can email us at show at prisoners dot com or you can reach out to us through social media. We'd love to send you some stickers. We got a whole bunch of uh quality, high quality vinyl decals we can send you with our logo on it. Our logo is... Pretty kick ass and looks great on anything. As I said, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and you can also check us out online at prisoners of rock and So, this was fun, brother. I loved it. I,
1: I hope we gave it justice every week. I just hope we give justice to our listeners. Maybe we didn't bullshit our way through this, and then hopefully, it, you know, it came out
0: good. Put a lot of work into it, and I think it shows. So, yeah. All right, awesome. guys, we'll see you in two weeks.
2: Keep all rocking. Peace out. <laughs> The Prince